2: It's
3: Mike Check, it's Mike Check, the podcast that Mike Myers. And clear. Hello, horny babies, hello, waniacs. You're listening to Mike Check with Cameron James and Alexi Toliopoulos, the only show where two comedians watch the entire filmography of acclaimed comic genius Mike Myers, just to check if they're still good. I'm Cameron, and Alexi's here. What's up?
1: Hey... How are you feeling? Any better? I'm feeling a lot better. <laughs> I'm feeling a lot better since our last episode where we watched Pete's Meteor and I had a true emotional breakdown live on the podcast Um, Lots of horny babies have reached out to me, checking in on me if I'm okay, sending me a lot of messages, people have been texting me to see if I've been okay. Have you been okay? I've been better. I did say that I probably would cry this week uh, (laughs) if I, if just, I just knew that it would happen and it did (laughs) happen.
3: You know, we were all, a bunch of us out there were wondering if you would ever feel horny again and uh, have you felt horny since? Kind of. (laughs) <laughs> My mojo
1: is not back basically yet okay. But I, I feel like today's the day that's going to come back
3: Well, uh, that's the mission of today's podcast I want to get your mojo back in full swing
1: Yes The only way I know how Perhaps full swing yeah. Mike Myers is the creator of Wayne's World And that is one of his most famous catchphrases <laughs> I'm almost back, baby
3: You're almost <laughs> <back>. <laughs> It's almost there I can feel it <laughs> getting some colour back into your cheeks. I'm feeling, I'm getting
1: a smile back, some rosiness, not a bounce yet. I do not have a bounce in my step yet.
3: Well, we're joined by a very special guest to help bring your mojo back. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the podcast, Will Anderson. I mean, I
0: honestly saw your eyes light up when swing came out of your mouth. There was a moment where you're like, oh, hang on, he's got a heartbeat. It was like we were standing over your dead body and there was no sign of life. And it was that moment where you just like suddenly come to life and the water spits Uh out of your mouth and it's like...
3: Like, yeah, it was He's too- gonna be okay. Like we all took yeah. a step back.
1: You're such an empath. That's exactly how I felt. Yeah, I liked it. Oh my god, was, thank you was, so there much. There was a
0: real moment, just for a moment, and then you checked yourself a little. Yeah. You're like, I'm not that easy. I'm not coming back for just one well placed Mike Myers swing pun up. The- you know what I mean? You've got a little yeah. swing back, but you haven't got the full swing. That's me to a T. A little shwing.
1: I've lost it again, guys. I've absolutely lost it again. I respect that. Thank you so much.
0: I mean, you've been through a journey. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, let's... No, we'll ease our way back into it today. It'll be okay. okay. I'm here for you. I
1: don't want to shoot too fast. Like, if I get the mojo back straight away... Right. What if I can never get it back down again? Right.
0: But it also says you're easy. You're too easy to hurt. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, nobody's going to... Like, people will just hurt you freely in the future, knowing that you bounce oh back boy. really, really easily. Okay. You, you know what I mean? You've you're
3: messing, a, with me you now. Really messing with me You really are getting right Alexi's head right now. You're messing with me I can see it. His eyes are darting. <laughs> There's a little sweat above the brow. Yeah. So, the movie that
1: we did, we did watch. It's called Pete's Meteor. We were telling you yeah. about it before. It's an Irish drama starring Mike Myers. Yeah,
0: so And it he- is unequivocally no good. Well, see, here's the thing. Like, because, I mean, obviously we all know he loves his accent work. Mm -hmm. So is he the Irish accent in this? Is it it an Irish... and And is it a... Is he doing a drama Irish accent, or is he doing one of his, like, you know, if his dad in So I Married an Axe Murderer had, had been
3: Irish instead, would it be the accent he would have done for that? No, it's a real dramatic accent, but the yes. dad in So I Married an Axe Murderer is a much more realised character Okay, than the character in the I movie. mean, yeah.
0: the dad in So I Married an Axe Murderer is a realised character. I think we'll get to that. We I mean, will. You know, that'll be in one fact, of the many things we talk about today. Is
3: the movie that we're going to be discussing today. So, I Married an Axe Murderer. Hi.
0: My name is Mike Myers. Perhaps you
2: recognize me from my recent motion picture, Wayne's World. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. As you can see, I'm on the set of my new film in which I play a young fellow named Charlie who gets a little more than he bargained
3: for. For example, there's suspense.
2: Have you heard of this case? Mrs. X. She murders her husband on her honeymoon, then she changes her identity and marries again. I've never heard of it, so what? i think i'm dating mrs x the
3: justice department reports an alarming rise in the number of poisoning murders across the united states it's a smart drink to improve your brain power you'll like it charlie
2: thank you no there's action
3: charlie there's
2: something i've been meaning to tell you
1: she's a killer charlie she is not a killer
2: And, of course, there's plenty of
3: romance. I'm very excited to talk about it because we've done it once before and we were really inconclusive on it. Yes, it was a movie that I really loved and it was a movie that you did not like. I didn't
1: like it at all. I I was very vocal about it. You can listen to it, in fact. Yeah, you can go back and listen to it. And I think... That's why we want to do this one again. You said that this was your a, a mo- the movie you chose, Will, as your Mike Myers choice. Right.
0: When I was asked, uh, you know, will Will you do the podcast? And because here is the thing: sometimes I like to just say yes to things I don't have a lot of information about. <laughs> yeah. And this was certainly one of those instances. <laughs> I just had a gut instinct that yeah, I'd say yes, and then I'd work out what the actual podcast was. <laughs> but the information I had was it was about Mike Myers. Yep. Uh-huh. And I would have to have a Mike Myers movie that I wanted to talk about, uh-huh. and one immediately sprang to mind. In fact, two two's to mind. Like I would have gone one of two ways. Yeah. I could have gone with a Mike Myers movie that I could have come on and just like mocked mercilessly because it, it is to me one of the most hilariously terrible movies of all time, which is The Love Guru. Still haven't seen it. We still haven't seen it. Well TVc T V C. Let's see how yeah. this one goes. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I wanted to come in with a little more love in my heart. I yeah. felt like I wanted to honor the project a little and Good, and kind of choose something that I actually really like as a Mike Myers movie, which is So I Married Next Motor. Well that's
1: why yeah. I'm excited to have you because I feel like it'll be harder for Karen to deny that this is a good movie with you on its side.
0: Well here's the thing I will say is I then went back and listened to that other podcast yeah. and almost changed my mind.
1: Oh God. <laughs> because no. I was like these
0: are all actually good arguments. Like things yeah. that hadn't bothered me yeah. in the movie. Yeah. like you know things about you know the way that the the story progresses or yes. you know, things about the way that it could be interpreted you know through mm. a modern day AI. Mm. And this was really interesting to me about this movie because I then went and re-watched it. Yeah. And I think it says a lot about how time and place and where you are in your life uh, mm. are really important to how you enjoy a movie. So yeah. I was 19 years old and I was at university, but I wanted to be a stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. Mike Myers was brand new at like the peak of his heights, mm. And yeah. many of the things that he does in this movie have later become tropes. So when you watch it again you're like, oh, God, he does say
3: hello a lot.
0: But I remember at the time going, oh, my God, you've got to see how many times this guy says hello in this this, movie. You won't believe it. this
3: guy can do a Scottish accent. I wonder if he'll ever do that again. He
0: plays his own dad in (laughs) this movie. It's the guy from Wayne's World, and he plays his own dad. He's Scottish. (laughs) You you will not believe what he can do with meat and the word hello. Get involved, (laughs) get down and see this film.
1: Yeah, I think that the time and place is so interesting for this film... Because when I watched it again today, that's what I, what really struck me is... You know when you get into a decade and the art starts to reflect the decade you're in, it usually takes a few years. Like midway through, an 80s film will start to feel like an 80s film. Before that, they still feel like movies from the 70s. But this one, and I think this film and Wayne's World both feel so much like representations of 90s cinema. Like they feel so clearly defined films of the 1990s.
0: Uh, and I thought this was actually a really great period for because I've never been a huge Saturday Night Live, live mm, fan. In yeah. fact, to be honest, I'm not a huge sketch comedy fan. Yeah, I admire it. Yeah. like And, you know, I, I admire the skill of it and I like a lot of sketch comedy performers and other things, but I'm not going to sit down and watch a, a Saturday Night Live or even like a high-quality sketch comedy yeah. show. You know when your mates always recommend, like, you know, oh, you've got to watch this like British sketch sure. comedy show or this blah, blah, blah. And I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah, I get it. And I get why this is like something that you like, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, you know, I think it should exist. I'm not one of those people. It's just not to my taste. It has to be
3: really good for me to like it. And I, I can't even really watch SNL, but I, I do like the SNL movies, a lot of them. You know, I like Blues Brothers, I like, the, like Wayne's World. and actually, Well, for me, Wayne's another. World
0: was a revelation. Like, I was 18, 19 years old at university yeah. and had grown up in that culture. You know, that mm. was very... Like I, I think what a, pe- a lot of people, if you didn't watch Wayne's World at the time, I was the age of the guys they're parodying. Well, they were probably meant to be a t- slight bit older than me yeah, in that yeah. movie. But really, I was kind of the age group of these guys. I was someone who loved comedy. Yeah. I loved Dana Carvey as well. So mm. that's the other thing. Because to me, Wayne's World, and this is where I think Mike Myers is at his best. Because to me, Mike Myers is like one of those guys that if I had to go and have a night... like Think of his movie career as like, hey, Mike Myers is having a party. It's just going to be you and Mike Myers. I'd be like, oh yeah, okay, cool. I'd love to go and have an intimate night with Mike Myers and really Mm. talk to him, Mm. get down with him. Hey, Mike Myers is having a party. Um, sometimes he's, he throws these great parties, which are yeah. the ones where he's just the host of the party. Yeah. But yeah. There's so, like you, you go to his parties, and as long as you don't spend too much time with Mike, mm. you're like, oh my God, Mike Myers throws the best yeah. party we we got Hartman here. Yeah. No, saw, yeah, yeah, right. I saw so many interesting people. Stephen Wright was there. Did you even yeah. know Stephen yeah. Wright was there? Yeah. Like, you know, I didn't even get to talk to him, but he was there. Like, it's always like this he's yeah. throwing this interesting party. And that's what, to me, Axe Murderer is him at his best. It's him throwing the party and here's the momentum but you're invited to this thing that you're going to enjoy a lot more of than just where he loses me a bit is in those ones where he right. becomes it's one of those parties and now suddenly he's making a speech oh, yeah, yeah. and suddenly it's all about he's doing a mine. song yeah, he's
3: playing the piano right oh,
0: he's playing everyone at this party I am
3: here with my- <laughs> he's running into a different room putting on a costume right. coming back in there's
0: 150 people here and they're all being played by Mike Myers yeah. even I am being played by Mike Myers <laughs> right now this is the problem
1: yeah and I think that's what really that that's why this movie works for me so well is because he is playing this really uh, naturalistic like this naturalistic comic performance and it still has all these like comedic gaps that still make it work so well but then he's surrounded by this world that's so much stranger around him and I think that's a nice way to do it because usually he's someone that is bigger than the rest of the characters in the universe or bigger than the universe itself.
0: Yeah, and I think probably I mean, I I don't know I'm just going to guess but Mm -hmm. I think probably because this script was written by somebody else originally and he Mm -hmm. he wasn't conceived to be Mike
3: Myers Mm -hmm. in fact I think the, uh, the protagonist
0: originally was jewish and more new well i
3: read that uh, it was originally written as a chevy chase vehicle which makes sense like that the idea of a kind of womanizing guy who can't settle down and then gets paranoid but then apparently woody allen was attached at one point oh right is also might have been that yeah so that would have been a different take oh yeah again yeah.
0: but it could have I, I think if it had gone that I, I imagine what happened was mm. they bought the script or you know and it had the story Mm -hmm. So you have this like story about this guy who like, you know, spoilers, everybody's seen it. This is the idea, but, uh, it's in the title. So yeah, (laughs) Yeah, literally (laughs) the spoiler is in the title. So I married an axe murderer. Uh, (laughs) I married an axe murderer. Yeah. No, I I think it's, I, well, I heard you debate this on the other podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So so, I I married an axe murderer. So I always think it's just like, yeah, so I married an axe murderer. But so, he's never that casual in the movie. No, that's but me. it's like, so I married... Okay, yeah, you're he's right. He's more <laughs> like, so I married an axe movie. Maybe, yeah. like oh, maybe the title yeah.
3: is From the Future when he's recounting the story to friends. Yeah, oh, yeah, or in
1: a one-man show because I feel like that's the direction this character would go. He's, he's doing a one-man man show. He's doing a one-man show about his life. So maybe it's he's self-titled.
0: Well, So I Married an Axe Murderer does sound like it could have been the sequel to How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, like just in two different universes. It's the same story told out. But I think what probably ended up happening was, because when you watch the film, I think two things are going on at Mm -hmm. all times, which is there is a story underneath, a pretty generic sort of, like, you know crime, thriller, you know, kind of action-y story. Mm -hmm. And then there are just a a group... uh, There's a bunch of set pieces. Yeah. And that's why I think the first two-thirds of the film are so much more exciting to me than the last third of the Mm. film. Yeah. Because the last third of the film, it has to pay off the actual momentum and plot and those sort of things. Whereas it's the actual first two-thirds where essentially you're just going from set piece to set piece of like let's do some fun. Let's do some fun business. We're in a butcher. They're playing a really cool song and you're just doing a whole bunch of like physical comedy like with your props and your meat and stuff. Fun. I'll hang out with that. You're out at night and, you know, he's saying weird things like, you know, let's dance like, you know, or or whatever, like saying fruits
3: of the devil. Like
0: just shit like that that I imagine was all the business he just laid on top
3: oh, totally. of story. totally. story. And you know what? You've raised a really good point, and that is, it actually ties into the title as well. We know this movie is going to be about an ax mur- a relationship right. with an axe murderer. Why do we need to get million Marital million an hour into the movie right. before yeah. he starts to realise it? I love the first two thirds. I think it's the best part. But when the plot kicks in and he starts freaking out about it, yeah. that's when I start going, oh, come on. Get it's it also over with, It's yeah. also
0: why you don't like him. Yeah. yeah, yeah like yeah. particularly through today's viewing. I think at the time like the age I was and those sort of things hmm. you kind of maybe did have those attitudes towards women like i don't think people appreciate how much since 1993 the conversation around like you know male protagonists and the way that stories are structured oh, yeah. and like the yeah you know, sort of in the in you know like three guys sitting around <laughs> and and talking hey, three about white issues. guys yeah. as well yeah. so we have valid <laughs> opinions all right very valid yeah let me mansplain some more things <laughs> to you but that conversation has moved on actually quite rapidly particularly yeah. in yeah. the last few years so yeah. i think you you view some of the his like fear about relationships or like you know that that problematic you know i mean there's there's problematic storytelling at a lot of parts of it because if you try to view the movie through her character mm. like what's she about Like, who is this woman who keeps getting married and despite, Mm. like, being, like, hurt so much is willing to... Because it's only really towards the end that when he asks uh, her to marry him where she's like, no, I don't want to get married again. Let's just live together and stuff. And you're like... But nothing about your character so far has showed that to me. Yeah, Like, you know know what I mean? You fell in love with a guy in The Butcher pretty fucking easy for somebody who's got such a bad track
3: track record in relationships. I just
0: feel like that doesn't ring true either. But then again,
3: on the other side of that, nothing about Mike Myers' character says that he's obsessed with. He needs to get married either. Like it's all about him being afraid of commitment. Why can't he just be happy with living with her? So I'm living with an axe murderer. I would watch that movie. Worst title. So I dated
0: an axe murderer for a bit. I mean, we live. Okay, so we didn't really click in the end. I am legally domestic partners (laughs) with an axe murderer. That's uh, technically... In the eyes
3: of the government, we are spouses.
0: I am in a a slightly open relationship (laughs) with an axe murderer. It makes it actually much more difficult her being an axe murderer to maintain our free-spirited life. An axe murderer (laughs) and I are just having fun
3: and seeing where it goes. You
0: know what? I have an axe murderer with benefits.
3: Some nights she just likes
0: to Netflix an axe murderer. You know, you guys know how it is. So, yeah, the last third of the film, like, whatever. Mm. To me, by then, Mm. I feel like I've got my money's worth. Mm-hmm. Like I mean even when I like rewatched it, like there was bits of that last I got to the last twenty minutes and I like flicked like to every like thirty seconds or so and was yeah. just making sure that I didn't miss anything. It yeah. like because I was like, yeah, yeah, no, this is done. But it's All weird. the things I like about this movie, him with his family, like I would have spent another twenty minutes. Oh, it's on great, that, isn't not it? With his family, like, it's just,
1: great. It's just so much. There's so much verisimilitude there. Like, there's so much authenticity with that family because of that Brenda Fricker role. I think I said that on the last one so much. Where because she okay. Now I
0: have to deal with the dog again. No worries. Now she's literally barking so much. People at home will be like, okay, look, <laughs> we're fine with the whole bark thing, yeah. but now. It feels like you're torturing your dog by letting her outside. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm coming.
1: Yeah. Don't bully me. We promise not to blemish your PR by yeah, having you as a dog torturer. All
3: right, guys. Now that Will has left, um, I'm happy to say that we are in Will's office, and um, it's it's much like Mark Marin's garage. Um, Except less cats, more dogs Yeah, more yeah. dogs I
0: don't know what's going on here at the moment Because they have like they love to show off when there are people here And clearly you two have impressed them That's what I would say Oh, thank goodness like You told re- them about I the really... Mike Myers
3: podcast, I mean, didn't they, you? They,
0: you know what? They're, they are both Mike Myers fans
3: Heck, Oh, a couple of Mike's tykes right. in the room
0: Yeah, come on, come on,
3: come on, come on, horny babies, outside <laughs> Ramona, are come you on. a, a waniac no, 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 or a horny baby? They're in the house
0: now, which is very nice. They have very comfortable beds. They are well looked after. The front door's open, so I hope somebody doesn't steal them and they'll probably just look longingly at that door. But the the point being... That door is away from the microphone. <laughs> so everything will be okay. I as think. long as they're safe. That's my first priority. Yeah.
3: Oh, good. Well, that's... Yeah. No, I appreciate that. Thank you very Alexi, much. I know you're a dog-friendly cares for podcast. animals. Yeah. Um, I'm a feminist. They're the two things about us that <laughs> define, define you. Us. Yeah. That and the Mike yeah. Myers thing. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. I
0: think you both came to Mike Myers through your love of postmodern feminism yeah. and, uh, you know, uh, obviously animal rights. I think Mike Myers is a feminist. I don't know if
1: we've talked about this before, but the women in his films all are very strong strong women that have their own agency. And that's not very common for shitty comedy films. (laughs) That's true. I mean, even
0: in this, the fact that, um, you know, uh, Harriet, sweet Harriet, the hard-hearted hobbinger of haggis, (laughs) uh, Harriet, um, uh, you know, she runs her own butcher shop. Exactly. Like, it's not your traditional sort of... You know, comedy film. You know, heroine job. No, yeah,
3: she makes the first move on him as right. well, and it's not judged in any way. It's just like she just decides she wants to sleep with him, and that's cool. Yeah, and uh, yeah, she's quite an independent woman in yes. some ways. Yeah. Like the
0: fact that she's bounced back from these troublesome relationships for a start. Yeah. Secondly, she's moved to where San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is pre tech boom, so you could probably still get in at an affordable price. I yep. mean, now she'd have to have an internet startup to get anywhere near the city and that
3: sort of prime in location. That j- Giant loft apartment as well. Right. I mean, come on. That is insane. From a butcher salary? Come on. And what job was her sister holding down? Oh, just. I mean, it
0: doesn't feel like she'd Mm. be taking, like, you know, like a high paid, you know, job around town, right? Like, we never hear too much of what
1: she's doing with the rest
0: of her day. but...
1: She is basically a maniac,
0: is what we do find out. She. I mean, they don't get married, but she might be the titular axe murderer in this film. <laughs> I mean, well, that's the thing. That's the, I guess that's the final punchline of this film that nobody ever concentrates on. You yeah. did not actually marry an axe murderer. No. Yeah. This I mean, is the thing that people mistake about yeah. the movie, So I Married an Axe mm. Murderer. They never get to the thing that the actual title of the movie misleads you from the start. I
3: think they should have had an after credit scene no. where they all explain that. Yeah. yeah. It should to have been camera. like, so... I wa-
0: I I married someone who I was mistakenly believing at the time was an axe murderer. It turns out it, it turns out it was the sister. sister, was the axe but, murderer. But, but, but we're still cool. Yeah. We're cool. It's
3: but all good. Guess so that's I what the one-man
1: a- show would all be about.
0: So I married an axe murderer's <laughs> sister. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah,
1: we want accuracy in our titles, right. guys. We want accuracy. <laughs> Now, you you love Brenda Fricker in this film. Yes, I love Brenda Fricker in this film because what she does is... Because she's just playing, like, a normal loving mother and loving wife in this film that's a little bit cheeky. She just makes everything feel real and Mm. she allows, like, these big outlandish performances by both of them by Mike Myers to kind of fall into place and just let happen and just make it make them allow them to be in the reality of the film and that's when why you can get all these crazy performances by like Phil Hartman and Charles Groden and uh Cosmo Kramer later on <laughs> to just fit in and to not feel like they they work because they're big but they don't feel too crazy
3: actually, that's true. I didn't even really think about that. The only scenes
0: she really enjoy, has by are the way, with Mike. Yeah. yeah, and I enjoy, by the way, uh, like you know the fact that like uh, Cosmo Kramer. Like <laughs> yeah. it, you know, it's a we're not going to use his character name in the movie because no. I'm not sure we know it. But B, we're not going to use his actual name. No. We're going to use his most famous character's name <laughs> to exactly. so describe who we're. I was going to say the Laugh Factory guy. Yeah, <laughs> you know the N word guy. We all know who we're talking about, guys. See how time changes things. <laughs> That was back when he was hilarious, and it was fine to like him because you thought he was only pretending with these things. Oh. I
3: got to say, he's still funny. Right. Fuck it, he's so yeah. funny he in that scene. My that shit one up, scene, dude. he's so good. He makes um, me bust it. But fricka, you know, Gen- Brenda Fricker, I nearly called her Gender Gen- 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 Fricker. Yeah, gender Fricker. <laughs> Which would be a good title for Gender yeah. Fricker's show next year. Gender Fricker. Yeah, or, or your drag queen. Oh, I your do-
0: postmodern feminism, like drag queen. It's about time you, I went into that when world. When you drag splain things. I
3: have. <laughs> I'm going to do a show called Cam for sure. Um, but that feels like it's infringing on your territory. <laughs> a little bit. I didn't make up funds. Yeah. <laughs> I think you did, dude. Yeah, sure. um, Brenda Fricker has such good sexual chemistry with Mike Myers yes. as the dad in this movie. Right. Yes. That I really believed they were a couple Their of 30 years. Yeah, no. I believed it. They no. looked at each other other lovingly
0: well i think this touches on a point that has come up in some of your podcasts uh, yes. that uh is because i then went back and went what have i got myself into and listened to some of the <laughs> yeah. podcasts which is that mike how affected by his family and you know the death of his father and all those sort of things that mike myers clearly has been oh yeah and how influential and this feels like one of those ones where it was almost you got him because he like his dad had died like a, a couple of years before this, yeah. yeah. And essentially, you know, he's he's had Wayne's World, and then this that this thing that he just gets a star in himself mm. and like craft around, and you know, so that that kind of story in some ways is extraneous to like what else is going on, but yeah. it is like, some of the best bits because you're oh, just definitely. like, oh yeah, I'll just I'll, I'll, I'll I normally hate people playing more than one character, but mm. I would have watched that family because you're like he gets it, he gets why his dad. Loved his mum, but he's Mm. also showing you why he loved his dad. Because the dad is kind of this outrageous, like, you know, stereotype, but done with such love, and their world is so perfectly constructed. Like, Mm. you know, you just like spending time there, listening to the music, like seeing, yeah, they're singing (laughs) the Bay City Rollers and all that. I'd just be like, do that. Talk more about your kid's big head. Like, you know, I'm fine. Just keep going. But also, there's some bits in it that I think, in reflection, Like, you know, that that whole kind of storyline about, like, you know, the difference between the the, the actual news and the, Mm. the, you know, the weekly world news. Mm. I mean, in the time since that movie, you know, in the 23 years since that movie or whatever it's been... Well, that's just changed. You can't believe what you read in the newspaper anymore. And in fact, the newspapers have become akin to what the weekly world news is now. So that sort of commentary gives you a kind of sense of time and place as well, I think.
3: Was it Roger Ebert's review that said this movie has a great movie trapped inside a mediocre movie? It is exactly
1: Roger Ebert's review where he said the exact same thing. That's what he loved in the film was this vibrant Scottish Uh, colonial heritage in Mm. there with this weird Hitchcockian romantic comedy trapped around it.
3: I'll say this. First time around, I don't think I gave that enough credit. Mm. But now, after watching it again, I fucking love it. It's so good. I love it. I love his performance as Stuart. I love the Brenda Fricker thing. I love... Mike... I even loved Mike just as um, Charlie. Yeah, I it's just fucking great. I Second time around, it really clicked for me. I was laughing at every line I was supposed to laugh at. But I, like you, I kind of lost it around the two-thirds mark. And I went, oh, yeah, this is just kind of a bit... They've got to wrap it up in 20 yeah. minutes. I
0: mean, I think the, the the clever thing they've done with it is because... Mike needs an audience, Mm. right? Like, you know, the thing that he does like quite well in his films is he does these sort of like almost stage pantomimes Mm. that they film. So a lot of the time, you know, he is really kind of looking at the camera or like, you know, like we're putting on a show and it's clear we're putting on like a show. We're making Mm. a a comedy movie for you that we filmed. But in this one, he's kind of making a movie movie. But they do a good enough job of putting all those things where he's showing off. He's always showing off to someone. That's true. So he's he's either showing off as a beat poet or he's showing off to his mate or he's showing off to his family or he's showing off to the girl he's trying to court or whatever. So you get to see him play off all the time. These sort of, you know, great, like, you know, these show-off scenes. It's always for somebody. So it has some meaning. So for me, I still find those scenes, even if I don't find them as hilariously funny, I I find them charming. Because to me... I kind of feel like I'm like, I feel like this is the Mike Myers that Mike Myers would like to be. Yes. I don't think this is the Mike Myers that Mike yeah. Myers is. I think he's a bit more of a dark, tortured, tormented mm. soul and mm. all those sort of things. But I think this is like <laughs> what maybe Mike at 15 saw Mike at Yeah, 25 would be like. He's this cool performer at night. Exactly. He's got this cool job. He's got a cool friend who's a cop. (laughs) Like, you (laughs) know what I mean? He goes from girlfriend to girlfriend. He dumps them because they... I mean, that man-child that he's playing in there. I mean, all those reasons he lists that he dumps women could have been Seinfeld episodes. I know, right? You know? she was in the
3: mafia actually that line made me laugh out loud this time around she smelled like soup she smelled like soup yeah
0: I mean she smelled like beef soup and I'm like in my head I'm going well now I see that woman you know I get that image and that would have been you know the soup woman like Seinfeld episode that would have been one of those things so I think they were triggering (laughs) in some like real kind of like great observational comedy in there Mm. that wasn't necessarily fully realised I think partly because there is two competing things going on in Mm. this movie but the bits I loved, I still look back on and go. There's a real energy in this yes. scene. Mm. There's a real spark in this, like you know, this moment that's you know, happening now. You know
3: that moment when he first goes back to Harriet's house, and she walks into that giant loft apartment, and he right. says, "You know what? This place really right. needs a giant map of San Francisco." Right. And there's a big one right behind right. him. Like and, that is the type of say, shit that I would do. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he does. <laughs> Believe it or not, how come that catchphrase never caught on? <laughs> No t-shirts So hello (laughs) How would you write it though? Hello Exclamation mark Exclamation mark
1: Question mark You put it in quotations Then you put Mike Myers (laughs) (laughs) Inside Radimax Underneath That's the only way you can do it. I think yeah.
0: I ordered the large cappuccino. No, so the, the setup would be on the front. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah. the hello would be on the back. Oh. So when you saw them coming down the street, you'd yeah. just say, I think I ordered the large cappuccino. And then on the back, it would just About go, face. hello. <laughs> and then the next person would walk by in a t-shirt
3: that said, you've just been helloed by Mike Myers. And by the way, that... How is that not Wayne Campbell, no. that opening scene? I reckon right. when you saw that, when you were 19 mm. and you were a Wayne's yeah. World fan, the opening scene where he gets handed the big cup and says, hello, right. you would have been like, I'm back with Wayne. Yeah, yeah. This totally. is cool. Wayne's in San Fran now. This is great. Yeah. And then very quickly you realize you're not with Wayne. Yeah, But I, I love that there are moments where he is heightened and he's showing yeah. off the people. And but you're going,
0: also kinder with Wayne. Like, I mean, to me, the, again, this is like, I think why I f- find some of those like, movies his most successful work is. I think that he as a young aspiring, like if you've read, like, I mean, I imagine you guys have like about his history and where he came through and like the training he did Mm. and all those sort of things. I think he always felt like he wanted to be one, he wanted to be one of those people who fit in and never quite fit in or was never quite the timing or the thing or whatever, you know And he was. So I think the most legitimate story he had to tell was of these guys who want so much desperately to be part of something, Mm. but are not quite part of it. Like, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, So Wayne's World is a story about these guys who have this cable TV show. This character is like a, you know, a beat poet in San Francisco. They're these people who are close to Mm. something and aspire to be something, but aren't quite, you know, that thing yet for whatever reason. And I think, you know, I mean, obviously after that, he became one of the biggest stars in the world. So, you know, maybe he could not never legitimately access those sort of stories again, but it Mm. just felt like they were quite real stories. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And that kind of said something about him and what he might've been like. Because I think I've read him even say that he doesn't necessarily connect with the commitment phobia Mm. storyline in this. Right. He said something like, oh, people my age were afraid of marriage and blah, blah, blah. But he has never said that he was. So maybe it is the the performance side of it that he was more like, oh, cool. Right. I'd love to tell that story of an aspiring performer. like yeah. But me. also
0: like an opportunity to do a, like a kind of a, a movie that showcased some of his great skills yeah. without it being a sketch comedy movie. Mm. Yeah. You know, and, and I, think, I think to me that's what legitimately it still appeals to it and why I like it, you know. Because some of the other ones, like for me, like the age I was at by the time the Austin Powers movies came out that was a bit too parody for me. Like, it feels a bit too, like, you know, all-created world. I was like, oh, no, I like Mike Myers being funny. Mm. Mm. Much like I'd like to watch Mike Myers. If Mike Myers was on Late Night, I would be much more likely to go, hey, Mike Myers is on, you know, uh, uh, Colbert tonight. Yeah. Oh, I'll sit up and watch that. Yeah. Whereas if you were like, hey, there's a new Mike Myers movie, I might not be like, you know, I'll be like, well, I'll catch a plane soon and I'll watch that at some (laughs) stage. Like, there's a... I find him in some ways a bit more
3: fascinating than I find a lot of his work. So you prefer it when he's funny in a real world Mm. and everyone else is normal.
0: And I think that I just like when he's sparking off other people and I Mm. like to see him working with people that like aren't, Mike still isn't quite the boss, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, you get to a point where it's all about Mike, you know. Mm. Whereas I think, like, his most successful stuff is, like, he's very good working with other people. It doesn't need to be all Mike. Like, you know, as you said, from those family scenes, when he's working with an Oscar-winning, you know, actress... Yeah. Like, he manages to, like, play both The son and a... Like, an outrageous... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing
1: mint mobile unlimited premium wireless ready to get 30 30 ready get 30 ready get 20 20 20 to get 20 20 ready get 15 15 15 15 just 15 bucks a month so give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch
0: 45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com
1: jewelry isn't a gift you give just once
0: Sketch comedy comic father, yeah, with heavy with a, heavy makeup on and
1: with huge a glasses.
0: proper actress, yeah, and make all that stuff work together. Like that says to, something to me about his skill of working with other people and mm. like bringing alive comic scenes. So I like that. Like, yeah. I mean, that's the stuff I really like in it. And you never Even, you
1: never doubt it. Like you, you, right? There's this wonderful actress playing off a husband and a son, and you believe the whole time that she's the wife of this man and the mother of this other man, and it's the same fucking man, right? (laughs) You never doubt it. And it just, it's crazy to me. Because in the other movies, when you see people play these roles, like the dual characters, it's never... This is the one where it works the best for me, even more than the Austin Powers films, is because it's so there's that one person that connects them both. Whereas in the Austin Powers films, the only person that connects Dr. Evil to Austin Powers is Austin Powers. Right. So this is the one where, like if they'd found a way to kind of mix that all up together more successfully in those films. You know what they should have done?
3: Brenda Fricker. Again. Get her back again. Bring her back for four. I
1: reckon Pete's Meteor is what stopped it.
3: I think you're right. Because
1: she's in that as well, that horrible Irish movie.
3: Boy, you know what? I think it is. I think the reason I really loved this one was because the last Mike Myers movie I watched was Pete's Media. Well, that helps as well. Yeah. And I came back to this and went, oh, that's right. He can do it. Yeah. Like, he can be a real person. He can be naturalistic.
0: And, yeah. And I mean, naturalistic.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And He's I think this, th- is what I, and this is what I, I, what I kind of use the, the party analogy is like, mm. I think this is Mike at a party. And that's what you want to see. Mike showing off, like, slightly. You don't actually want to see real Mike because I feel like real Mike isn't as yeah. fun as party Mike. Mm-hmm. He's a little sad. You're like, yeah, hey, let's not get caught in the corner with real Mike. Yeah. <laughs> too really You know what I mean? He's going to talk about his dad, how much yeah. he loved his yeah. dad. Real Mike would sit you down yeah. by the
3: pool. He'd be like, hey, come have a cigarette. Yeah. And then you'd be like, oh, fuck, I'm alone with Mike. Right. Yeah, right. and yeah. there's no
1: durries. He lied about the durries. <laughs> yeah.
3: You're not answering a 3 a.m. phone call
0: yeah. from real Mike. No, no. Like, if it's party Mike yeah, and you're like, sure. hey, he's going to a thing, you're like, hey, yeah, Six in the evening or. Right take the call yeah I know a guy who's having a party inside like the bones of a Tyrannosaurus Rex <laughs> I'm like hey party Mike let's go but if it's like hey it's uh, it's real Mike yeah. I'm like hey real Mike I'm gonna oh, go boy. sorry Tiger
3: <laughs> <laughs> And by the way, also, there's never been a poet that's this funny, ever, right? Like, he's, like, such a cool, funny dude. Yeah. Off my off the stage. He's, like, goofing around and making people laugh and shit. I've met a lot of beat poet and performance poet types. Yes. And they've never all, been this cool. They really bum me out, those people. All these serious people. But the funny thing is, though, he's, you'd think if I was Mike Myers, right, I'd go, all right, I'm playing a beat poet. Yeah. I'm going to make fun of beat poets in this movie i'm gonna do some kind of like shitty poems and i'll perform them in a really self-serious way but these poems i mean they're lame but they're not they're just comedy monologues yeah they're not like played for jokes yeah no i mean
0: i think there's some actual some real kind of pop beauty to them i mean i don't
3: think to purists there would be
0: but i think they're very lyrical i mean i again it's one of those movies where just don't look at the financials I mean, yeah. don't look at, like, how, like a how is he paying for his beat
3: poetry career?
0: Like, I mean, there's your backstory. I'd, like, is, are his parents independently wealthy? They don't seem
3: to be living He's in a huge a butcher. place. But, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't really feel like... But you know like, how much money butchers are making in San Francisco, because well, Harriet's I mean, one. She can... And that
1: it is busy all day long in there. She does, And she works by herself, so and she doesn't, doesn't have to pay she, anyone
3: else. she's not paying
0: Charlie when he yeah, helps exactly. out as well. exactly. I mean, that is a good point. She has woefully undercated for the demand of her butchering. Mm. <laughs>
1: It's a very popular butcher shop. I mean,
0: although is like is the implication in that moment that like because I can't remember how busy it is when he first goes in. But he's
1: by himself in there. Yeah.
0: So the the implication is isn't that his show business? You know, like yeah, yeah, this is kind of like busking or something you've suddenly seen a bit of a scene and everybody's coming into the butcher shop to see the show. And then once they're in there, they're like, well, I might as well grab some
3: sausages. You think that's why they've gotten busy? Because they've seen Mike behind the counter fucking around with the meat. Yeah, a
0: bit of business is happening. Something fun's happening in there. It's like a pop-up. It's like a bit of pop-up, <laughs> you know, butcher theater. People love that shit. You know mean? Oh I man, great I guess business you're right. idea. This is San Fran, like I you guess know. You're this right. is the start of that sort of thing where pop-up culture and like you know, yeah. you know, artisanal meats. Mm. Like this is a very you know sweet <laughs> crossover, really. I mean, Harriet. It was right at the peak of hipsters, I guess. Like, you know, this is where it all happened around. So this is, you know, I can imagine why she had that awesome (laughs) apartment. Did you know
1: in that scene, because Mike was goofing around so much, Nancy Travistore was so funny, she sliced a bit of a finger off? Right. Well, there you go. Great movie. Well, why were they using real
0: knives? Yeah, that's true. Well, they've got real meat. That's true. Also, but why? What are you going to cut, cut real meat with a fake <laughs> I don't knife? I think they needed to. No, I mean this. That would have been budgetary. You can't spend all your budget budget back. Mm. Then. I mean, they already had the split screen for the. Yep. You know, Mike and Mike's dad. Yep. So um, you can't, you don't have CGI meat budget left over, mate. That's true. I mean, this is an indie comedy. You got to get real meat. They didn't have that fake no, stuff back then. No one's giving you sixty million dollars to put in some CGI I meat. Just have James to keep Cameron is like you know.
3: This is a pre-Austin Powers world, right? You know exactly. What I mean? They I've didn't have that kind of budget. I mean, to me,
0: I think though, like, I mean, that's a mark that it was funny. If she was having a good time, and yeah. you do feel like there's a few moments in there where it definitely feels like, I mean, that line uh on 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 Alcatraz mm. oh, that's the, the the one I'm about the pissing yeah. the cutting out the yeah. ice cuz it's I think that's great because firstly I love the fact cuz as someone who's lived in Sydney for 17 years and has never climbed the harbor bridge yeah uh, I love the idea of people actually having like, kind of dates at things that are in oh, their yeah. own city. Locals like, oh,
3: yeah. going to their own tourist attraction. Right, and it's clear they go
0: there all the time just, like, because they love the tourists. Just yeah. some fun thing they do together. Yeah. And I guess this is, the, the, I guess, what is appealing, particularly as a 19-year-old, about this character, like, why I was like, oh, this is a fun character, because mm. all he does is fun things. Yeah, true. Yeah. Like, he does his little beat poetry gig at night, which is clearly making, like, you know, 20 grand or something on because he can hire a three-piece band and a projectionist. And, like, <laughs> yeah. we don't actually see him And drive home. them
3: around to people's rooftops right. to private performances. Yeah.
0: Like, I mean, he's clearly some independently wealthy person, like, yeah. behind the scenes. You don't know what's going on. But he's also, like, I mean, his life just seems fun. He's always on these adventures or doing these, like, fun things. So that scene, it really just feels like they said... I reckon that could be one of those ones where it wasn't tightly scripted Mm. yeah you know you can just imagine like in the at the end throw in whatever story and there might be three other takes of what had happened there some horrific (laughs) shit in the
1: making up something very upsetting yeah
0: it it felt like one of those scenes where you just like Phil Hartman said he'd do it yeah yeah. and they were like well we'll invent an excuse for that because we don't really need this in the movie but it's just a fun moment and and get to the end Phil and say something because it's It doesn't actually tonally fit with much of the other movies. It's so dark.
3: (laughs) It is so dark. But I swear to God, there must have been on take seven. They would have stumbled upon this thing about cutting out the eyeballs. And I bet one of the takes was Phil Hartman saying they all took turns fucking (laughs) him in the (laughs) The eyes. For sure. Because
0: the thing is, it goes that dark that quickly that you expect that's where it is going. I know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that was like an improv take. I feel like that was like, we've got the actual one. Let's, you know what, loosen up, Phil. (laughs) He
1: never thought they'd use it. He never thought.
0: Have some fun with it. Yeah, Phil thought the mics were off. (laughs) It's like they used that take.
3: He was just talking to the extras. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to spook him Just telling him out. them shit yeah. about the jail. <laughs> yeah, he
0: was actually just, yeah. One of the camera girls was really pretty and he was just showing off. And like,
3: you know what? That's a take. We'll take that one, Phil. That'll be fine. The cameos, I think, are a highlight of this film. Yeah, they're insane.
1: They're insane. They're, they're, like so a, they're like a documentation of where comedy was at this time. Like, it's a historical document.
3: And allegedly, everyone just did them because Mike Myers was so hot straight right. off Wayne's World. They all yeah. wanted to get a piece of the Mike pie Um, I still think, and we talked about it on the last one, that Alan Arkin's little arc is like one of the funniest little mini arcs I've seen in a... Yeah, it's like a little... It could be
1: cut together and made a short film of its own, where he's playing off Anthony LaPaglia, who has this idea of cops being this really romantic, action-packed, 1970s Al Pacino movie... Where then he's confronted with like the boring banality of it all. And Alan Arkin, who's like a really nice boss, is trying to bring that for him. He's trying to bring it bring him halfway there. And it's so nice. Like that's a full arc for those both of those characters well, there.
0: What I think about it as well is that at the time, that was like things become hack because mm. they're good ideas yeah. that get observed constantly by people. Yeah. It, it often doesn't mean that somebody isn't being original, it mm. means they're having the exact same original thought. They just didn't realise that somebody else had that exact same original thought two years before that they had it. And th- that's why those things then become hack, like yeah. you know, it, it, and yeah, comedians catch planes. Eventually, all of them will notice the food's not any good. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and for a while until they see other people doing it, they'll be like, "I think I'm the first person who's now this." And people would have been like in the audience, "Oh my god, you're right! I've yeah. never heard that. Before. I'm glad that someone has finally talked about that terrible food." The food is shit. Right? This guy's got it, baby. <laughs> right? Yeah. Finally, someone saying what we've all thought. Yeah. So at the time, that trope of the like, you know, the the cop who you know the Die Hard style, mm. Lethal Weapon style cop who didn't yeah. play by the rules and was always arguing with the boss, and it had had probably twenty years, like culminating to the point where it was almost becoming, you know, a, like a parody or hack of yeah. its own. And I reckon that was the first time that somebody really like, like cut, cut through into it, them. yeah. And then to do it so, I mean, well, you get a again, surround. He surrounded himself in this movie with yes quality, quality actor. Perfect casting <laughs> yeah. right? yeah. for everyone. Yeah. Because that whole story makes sense in a way that some of the other bits don't mm. if you pick them apart. Because essentially you've got this new age cop. Yeah. Because this is essentially... So the police chief, his approach is actually that he wants everybody to get along. He's not that cop. So the first... So that could have been the joke. Yeah. The, the joke could have been every police chief you see at the moment is this guy who's <laughs> like, you know, you, you play by the rules mm. and I want your badge and your yeah. gun and those sort of things and we've got this guy who's a new age sort of okay some movies would have gone that's the joke that'll yeah. do right yeah then to have Anthony Apalea's character kind of like say to him and because he can because he has this boss who is open to you expressing your feelings to him yeah. hey ironically in in <laughs> you wanting me to be comfortable you're actually now not giving me and I know your intention is, mm. as you want to give me what I need to do my job, mm. but in doing that, you're not giving me what it is that I need to do my job. And then for him to take that on yeah. board, but what they do so well, and I give them a big pat on the back, is this: they do not pay that off straight away. Yeah, no. yeah,
3: that's, exactly.
0: That's to me is when I go that you didn't ruin or waste that yeah. moment because you could have easily gone on that whole journey within one. Same. One
1: scene, that's right? it. And we yeah. never go back and revisit Alan right. Arkin again.
0: Yeah, you just go to that point, you tell him that, then the next time he yells at him and they yep. have that moment. Yeah. But that's not how they do it. They, they split it in those exactly. two separate... You've forgotten about it. Yeah. yeah. You've forgotten about this thing that has been so artfully yeah. set up that you think the joke has kind of already been paid off. So yeah. you, so you, it doesn't have that sense of, oh, they're setting this up because this will be a thing later. You, think, oh, you go, oh, no, that, that was enough. That kind of played out that scene. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes back the second time, not only do you get the surprise because you're like, oh, oh, hang on. He's yeah. really angry at him. Mm-hmm. He does actually... And then you realise... Oh, this is what's going on. He's giving him what he said that he needed because you've had time to forget the fucking setup, right? So you actually go into that moment in a really real way and then you kind of step back and go, Oh, this is funny. This is what he's doing. And then they have that beat away from it and it comes back again. (laughs) And then they have that little breakdown at the end about how it went. Yeah. like.
1: It's so funny cuz he so goes too a, hard. To me
0: is like a real
1: It's like a spark of yeah. brilliance. It's right. absolutely a spark of brilliance.
0: I, like you said, if that was a short film, although it benefits from being cut up yeah, by those separated. things. It's, it's still a really great. You, yeah. you go it goes to a lot of it's places. It's at least a complete roller coaster. Yeah.
3: And all, and also on a storytelling level, the fact that when you come back for that second time when Alan Arkin is really yelling at Anthony Lapaglia, um is it Lapaglia? Uh, I'm trying to be respectful. You can say both. Okay, it's allowed. He's I'll cool say La Pali. with it. You Lepeglia, The yelling right? element, <laughs> like it makes sense at where they're yeah. at in the story for the captain to be yelling right. at him anyway. Yeah. So oh. when it comes he's back in, his job. you yeah. go, holy shit, this is like, the stakes are high. This right. is very tense. And then the joke reveal of when Anthony Leah Oh, dude, that was wrong. Sorry, that's <laughs> racist. Yeah. And he comes back in and says, good for you. That was right. great. You really did it. It's yeah. like, oh, fuck. That but was a great also... Playoff. That
0: is one of the moments, those rare moments, where the comic thing pays off at, at the plot point. Yeah, perfect. like we, we talk a lot about in this movie about those things sometimes competing against each mm. other, but that is actually one of those moments where it comes together very naturally because yeah. it is also the time in the story where that information is important yeah. to the story. So and, the,
3: and it needs to be a dramatic, yeah. high-tension
0: scene, so yeah. it's perfect. It's one of those real moments where you're like, well, you got that right. I reckon there's heaps of scenes in this. Yeah. If you just walked away and went, could we have done that butcher scene better? Could we have done yeah. this blah, blah, blah scene better? Could we have done that scene better? There'd be a lot you'd be like, no, nah, we fucking nailed that. Yeah. yeah. And then there's just some other stuff as well.
3: And even the other stuff I enjoyed on the second viewing, like I loved Stephen Wright's little thing, and that's so unnecessary. Right. Mm. Like that scene doesn't need to be in it, but it's worth it for Stephen Wright's shit. Same with Charles Grodin. Like they're basically the same scene. Yeah, right? exactly. Just basically play the same character somebody. as well. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like they
0: ask both of them. Yeah, <laughs> thinking they only needed one of them yeah. to say yes, and then yeah. they both said
3: yes, and they're like, ah, fuck it, we'll just do two. We've got to do both. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I think it's. I, I, I'm gonna. Hopefully, this has brought your mojo back, man. Because Dude, I I'm really, swinging, baby. I loved it this time around. Oh I my really god, did. really? Yeah. Oh, I'm so. I've happy. done a complete 180 on this thing.
1: Oh my goodness! Yeah, I'm so happy about that. Really?
3: I've got. Can I'm I, getting the mojo back. Can I ask back.
1: you a
0: question then? Yeah, of course. Did it make you horny? <laughs>
2: yes, baby. <laughs>
1: yes yes this is a dream come true guys i'm horny yes (laughs) i'm feeling horny just hearing that (laughs) i'm getting horny again (laughs) sure did you at any point find yourself in the the mood of horniness Or i can shorten that question down for you no no did this Um, make you horny baby horny
0: I mean, I feel like it did I feel, I feel like yeah. it made me a little horny I mean, she's very attractive She is, yeah. she's a babe And there is that scene in the shower With like her Amanda psychosis Amanda Like Amanda Plummer, great actress Certified but, babe uh, And but also, but also uh, certified babe yeah. And a
3: little bit of nudity yep. <laughs> And also gender fricker kisses um, Anthony LaPaglia <laughs> Brenda fricker. <laughs> <Call a> gender, <laughs> I gender fricker I know again. what I call that A gender fricker
0: Yeah yeah. We've, We've always, all got a gender fricker, fricker. <laughs>
3: I can understand It's a horny movie
0: Yeah uh, I mean I think that scene No I really think If there is a horny mo- uh, moment In the movie And mm. I think there is one It's got to be uh, your Brenda Fricker With Anthony oh, Yeah La Pagliava <laughs> Just smooching uh, down on him Smooching down on him Because to me Having grown up in the country And stuff I was home yeah. at my brother's 40th recently And I was just like Yeah Like, uh, there'd be people in town, like, loving couples who loved each other that much, who also would, like, sneak a bit of a cheeky patch with, like, the... But (laughs) in that way that is... It's not like they're going to have an affair Mm. or, like, you don't think, oh, this is going to break up their marriage. You're like, no, this is just... Mm. She thinks the Weekly World News is the news. Yeah. And she loves her dad And they've had another kid You know A late, a late in life kid You know yeah. what I mean that's, Giant head They're still doing that I mean mm. and, and she's still got a good spirit After Push I I don't know We don't oh, yeah. know It may have been a We don't know the cesarean. state of her area it
1: may have been a so.
3: yeah, I, I, We shouldn't speculate yeah. I don't feel right. like that's our business But the point, point being If you'd like us to mansplain C-sections We can do an entire podcast I was on. born from one Baby I know all about it <laughs> I know what's going down, with down that there, melon though. of course <laughs> Original C <laughs> But yeah She max on with Anthony yeah. LaParle And you go Oh that's cute Yeah yeah, good. Good. I'm glad mm. she kissed Yeah. So this well, movie also, made you, you know, horny
1: by reawaking memories of your own life, it sounds like.
0: Yeah, a little. And and I think about it, it, like, it inspired me about women being in charge of their yeah. sexuality later in life.
1: Yes, know. it's fantastic. <laughs> it sounds. And as
0: three white men, I feel like that's the most... <laughs> that's what makes big, us tick. I mean, that's that's what, what, what makes us horny. Yeah.
3: Exactly You heard it here first guys Three right. white men Are all agreeing That women late in life Can be sexual beings Right And we're In fact, we're, we're in favour of it yeah. No We're in favour of it That's like, We tolerate right. it Like we'll turn them And we,
0: we will accept that Behind closed doors Just don't do it in front of me right. Or yeah. my kids Thank yeah. you In a movie maybe In a yeah. movie If you're an Oscar Mike winner Myers has got to be in it. Yeah. And Stephen Wright And you know what Phil Hartman Yeah if and Phil Chuck Hartman
3: can... can talk about skull fucking. Uh, prisoner. Yeah, alright. Right. Then I'll accept it. I think they pissed in the eye. Well, they in my, my head it's a skull In your head fuck. now,
0: it's a skull
1: fuck. <laughs> in the director's is that explosion. what made you horny, dude? Yeah. Please say no. <laughs> I feel like Please say no.
3: Alright, to be honest, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course not. Well, how are you feeling? Do you think when we're... Uh, we're getting close. I would love... There's something that we kind of
1: danced around a little bit, but I would love to jump in and swing on it. Okay. Um, it, We've been talking about how... What I kind of feel now, watching this movie again, is that I think that what they've done so well with Mike being a performer in the film, about him being this late-night beat poet, is they've kind of figured out the best way to make a character being a stand-up comedian in a film without having really bad, boring stand-up comedy that's made up for a movie in it.
0: Couldn't agree with you more. If you show stand-up in a movie, it always is less funny than actual stand-up.
1: Yeah, but mm. if you
0: show a beat poet doing something doing weird. something funnier than beat poetry, suddenly yeah. he's the funniest guy in beat poetry. Exactly. So he's the star of the room. You can show him being kind of the star of this underground. I couldn't agree with you more. You put him slightly to the side. Yeah. Stand up in movies, a stand up doing stand up. It just, I don't know what it is. It's not good. I don't know what happens. I don't know what it is, but it yeah. takes the magic and the mystery away. But take another profession where they can be the funniest person in that profession or yeah. whatever. Then I think that is good.
1: And it's set up like a showcase night as well. There's another weird guy talking about being abducted by aliens before him. <laughs> that there's guy's got enough- in
3: uh, Austin Powers, by the way. He is. He yeah. is too. <laughs> yeah, and and
1: so it's kind of... Um, I think it just makes it a way of doing that so well. Because it's the character, that's why I think the three of us relate to him so much, is that the way that he acts is the same kind of way that a lot of you know people that are inclined to do comedy act in their real life where he uses humour as not a defence mechanism but a, a mask to kind of avoid
0: confrontation and stuff mm. in his relationship. I mean, realistically, this guy, and, and maybe, again, and a different, more interesting movie trapped inside this movie, mm. but if you re- would really explore that guy, like, you know, find out a where the money comes from, but yep. like kind of explore <laughs> You're obsessed I mean, with the money, yeah. man, man. I just, I feel like if we follow the money, yeah. we will learn a lot more about this character. We, you know what I mean? Oh man. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> what, you've got, it really like, every got movie. heaps of money and heaps of commitment issues. Yeah. And I feel like those two things have got to be related in some Cause way. Cause he doesn't
1: want anyone to find out. That's why he doesn't yeah. want women in. He doesn't want them to find out his source right. of money. Exactly. Cause I reckon he probably gets paid from his mum at home. <laughs> That's no. another reason I might relate to this movie. No,
0: I reckon, I reckon it's got a, he's got a side business. There's got to be something going on. Yeah. Maybe he's the guy at the Beat Poetry Club. Like Maybe that's yes. why he's friends with the cop. Is that's that why the cop's undercover at the start right. of the
1: movie. That's one thing we never figured yeah. out. because He's undercover in the beat scene at the start
0: of the movie. Right. Apparently, yeah, maybe there's someone selling drugs yes. out of the beat club, but it's actually oh, it's Charlie. It's, yeah, yeah, it's Charlie. Right? Charlie. I mean, that that's where he gets the name. I mean, yes. oh, 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 probably not even his real name. <laughs> like that's his code name. Yeah, he's like, Charlie, looking for here? Charlie? Yeah. Is Charlie here? <laughs> is Charlie in tonight? <laughs> right. And it doesn't that's fight. why the
1: coffees are so big, they're hiding shit in them. Right, in does the phone, also... look in the phone.
0: Yeah, well, maybe it comes in the little packet of like, you know, like sugar. A sad. It, but it's yeah. like a little like that's yes. the cover. Right? Oh so you order God. the large cappuccino. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. And yeah. that's why he's like, I need oh! to
0: really <laughs> <laughs> like...
1: We've unlocked it. We've unlocked the mystery right. within this film. Yeah. And he's you know what they say, keep your friends close but your enemies closer. Right. His best friend is
3: the freaking cop. cop. Yeah.
1: This is like the fucking perfect- He even lets the cop right.
3: make out with his mum yeah. several times. <laughs> right. He doesn't call him out for it. Right. He's standing right there. I'm not saying
0: ordinarily. Yeah, exactly. You'd mm. mm. have a problem is with that. Is no. that cucking like- if your best
1: friend makes out <laughs> with your mum? Is that cucking as well? Um, as, the ex- as the As the cutting expert-, expert on being cucked.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. Really? I no. feel like it would be tapping into the exact same psychological point
3: um it's called sucking which is sun cucking <laughs> okay. and uh, it's something that we can talk about
0: i th- i think that
3: um y- there is
0: like something about his personality mm. that uh, like you see it in comedy a bit when people start, yeah. which is that they do a lot of comedy in their real life because they're not getting that outlet yeah. for it in their creative way. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, maybe at the heart of this character, like is this like, you know, really funny, creative person who like wants to put all that into like, you know, his work and his art or whatever, but that's kind of like being held back. And so yeah. it acts out a lot in his real life. But what you tend to find in comedy is that people become more serious as they become more yeah. professionally comedic hmm. because you only have so much comedy in you. And hmm. once you're like, well, I have to use like an hour at a day for this or like two hours a day for this, I'm not going to also like just waste some at the fucking butchers. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going gonna- <laughs> <laughs> mean, to doing bits. I'll, yeah. I'll give her a flyer to my open mic <laughs> yeah. and she can come down and see how funny I am there. But I'm not wasting an hour at the fucking butchers yeah. Yeah. unpaid, not even free beers here. Yeah. So-
1: if this movie was like had a sequel, he would just be serious around his girlfriend and wife the whole time because right. it's like, yeah, I'm not going to goof around with her anymore. She's seen that; she likes me now. Right. I don't need it anymore.
0: Why don't you come down to the butchers anymore? Yeah. <laughs> like she says, after being married a few years, she's well, like, "Well, I cut off your hand the right. first time I did it." Uh, so yeah, you used to think it was fun, but now you just complain that I also smell like beef soup. Yeah, mm.
3: you just watch other butchers and you don't even react. You just go, "Yeah, that was good." By the way, the fact that he was willing
0: to dump a girl because she smelled like beef soup, and then was happy to make out with this other girl who would comes straight from handling raw meat <laughs> all day, <laughs> is a very fine line to be drawing. He doesn't like
1: well, his meat cooked. It so. shows growth, right? And I think that's very important to show growth when you're moving on in different relationships. And I okay. actually have a, a
3: had a bit of growth myself during this film.
1: Yes, it made you horny.
3: Yeah, that that, <laughs> and also I uh, came around to this film. Uh, this oh, this soundtrack was
1: also
0: really good at the time.
1: Yeah, I, I can like, imagine that, the Boo like,
0: Radleys. City rollers, like a lot of really good, solid songs, and I think the use of the music in the movie is mm. actually really great. Yeah, yeah definitely. Like, you know, they transition from scene to scene and use it as a kind of connective feel. Like you have, you know, there she goes, like repeated as yeah. like yeah, thematically through it. I think they do a really good job with the music and you the some princes right. in there.
3: I'm pretty sure. Yeah, They're spin doctors.
0: Yeah, there's lots of great like songs on this soundtrack. So that's what I will. Well, Thomas
1: Schlammy, the director of this film, did a great job. Good on him. I'm proud of you. Thank you for adding something wonderful to the mic cannon.
0: Yeah, no, I like it. One one three shlemmies. That's a bad pun for us to finish on. I'm sorry about that. Uh, apology accepted. Oh, great, great great,
1: work otherwise. You yeah. ruined it on the last minute. Yeah, I you did a like great my, job throughout I feel like the podcast. I like one of those
0: gymnasts. Like this podcast, I, I've been like a gymnast who's yeah. trained for four years. I haven't had my period because like my coach has been beating me to get me to the Olympics. And I've been competing in like the, the all the disciplines. And it's my final jump off the vault. And I spin and I nail it up in the air. And I'm coming down. And I'm like, gold, goal, goal, baby. And then I just do that tiny little step and my
3: life is over. Oh, boy. And then Judges yeah. go <sighs> Alright well, well You wasted your life And look I liked it I think they should rename The Barry the Schlammy At yeah. Melbourne and, yeah. Thank um, you. and you
1: should win The first
0: you one You should win Thank The first Schlammy I, I appreciate that And I'll, I'll give a big shout out To Mike Myers oh, that'd I'll be, be amazing. like Mike
3: This is for you baby <laughs> <laughs> Alright we're closing up Let's check it You know what I'm going to check it And I think it's good Yes? Yeah, I've come completely back around. I liked it a lot this time around.
1: Well, that makes me feel groovy. My mojo is back, babies. Don't worry about me anymore, unless you really want to, because I think it's great. Oh, wow. I liked it even more this time than the first time. I think it worked all for me more this time. The drive, the energy, the placement in history. This is a true Mike movie, and this is the voice of Mike Myers. (laughs) Will, you checking it?
0: Yeah, I check it. Like, I I mean, I think you've known that from the start. Spoilers. Yeah. I like this
1: movie.
2: Yes.
1: <laughs> yes, baby.
0: I was worried that we might have turned you, but you still like it. Oh, no, no, no. I feel like, no, I, I yeah. I mean, again, there's some reservations about it, but, oh, yeah. no. No, this is one of those things where I'm like, if you went to, like, a, um, to, this to me feels like you've gone to some, um, uh, like dinner where there's like, there's not a set menu. There's just heaps mm. of like food there mm. and you can go and eat whatever, food. like a wedding. It's like mm. a wedding. So all the food's just kind of yeah. laid out. I didn't like some of the food, mm. but I liked some of the it. food so much yeah. that I was like... You like the haggis, didn't you, dude? I mean, I'm a vegetarian. Okay, and true. But hey, <laughs> this is how much I like this movie. I've been a vegetarian for 17 years, was not at the time though. Maybe yeah. I had a different yeah. response to it at the time. But, you know, those meat scenes, I enjoyed them. Oh, great. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't have any kind of vegetarian kind of revulsion. I didn't feel <laughs> like I was like, meat is murder. Yeah. And I saw Morrissey like two nights ago. Oh I God. literally saw Morrissey singing about being murder. And then the next day watched fucking So I Married an Axe Murderer. Yeah, making meat a joke. You know, making <laughs> meat a joke. What a journey I was Wasting. On. They're literally <laughs> wasting meat in this movie. You can't eat
1: the meat after someone's cut their hand into it. Oh, and flung so it at a small Polish woman.
2: <laughs>
3: you can't eat it. Awesome! Thanks so much for doing the show, Will. Appreciate it so much. We yelled at you on Twitter to do it randomly, and you said Uh yes, and that was very nice of you. So thank you very much. Uh, That's right. My pleasure. It's been fun. Thank you.
1: Is there anything that you're doing at the moment that you'd like to direct people to?
0: Oh
3: yeah. Well, I have some of my own
0: podcasts, so people can just like Google Will Anderson and podcasts, and then just find whatever ones of those they would like.
1: I'm sure people are already listening to them. (laughs) They listen to this show. Well, you know what? Let's just
0: assume
3: there's two-way traffic. I hope so. I hope so. Right. Yeah, you'll um, notice the mic check bump. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so.
0: I hope there are people who came here because they love the movie. Yeah, and perhaps don't like me, and they're like, and "Oh, they oh come this is around. interesting." And they're now like, they love you. They're like, "I hate Will Anderson." We're checking it. Will's great. You know what? We're checking. He's great. Here's the thing I'm going to say. Because you guys are groovy young people. You know what I mean? Like, you're groovy young, cool comedian people.
1: Yeah, we're psychedelic.
0: So, I imagine that there's, like, some of your audience who, like (laughs) you guys, who probably look at me as being some old, like, you know, boring person. So, but they like the podcast. And maybe they like, so I married an ax man. And then they're like, well, that's, oh, look, I like both of those things. Maybe I'll put up with him enough that I'll get through it. And maybe my affection for the movie. Hey, yeah. we would never as say, as well say old, old boring over. person. Yeah. Never. In- no, well, you We'd say old not. cunt, sure, maybe. I appreciate that. That's very nice. <laughs> That's
3: <what you're> <laughs> well, thank you so much for doing it.
1: Horny babies, thank you so much again for joining us on this journey. We appreciate your custom so much. Thanks for letting us hang out in your ears. If you thought this was a shagadelic episode, let us know on Facebook, on
3: Twitter. We're at Mike Check Pod. Mm-hmm. Uh And you can tweet at us at I am Cameron James or at This is Alexi. Yep. And also, if you're in Sydney, November nine, come down to the Golden Age Cinema, and we are going to be screening Wayne's World. And we yep. might have a bit of a chat about it afterwards. It'd be cool to see you there. Yeah, tickets are selling quick, so. Get, Getting, on Get on it now Get
1: on it Also If you like us Give us five stars on iTunes And in your review Let us know What you would like Our next very specific Actor based podcast to be We've got some good ones We've got Jay High Or J Low Which is the films of Jennifer Lopez And oh, I think that's a great one Because she's never in the middle It's either great masterpieces Like Out of Sight Or terrible ones Like I uh, Gilly The Cell One of the worst movies
3: ever oh, God. That's a good one But I refuse to do it okay (laughs) fair Um, enough what about uh, so you want someone who's good and bad it can be anyone
0: anyone what about we know yeah or nah The <laughs> films of Winona Ryder. Yes. Winona. Winona. Yeah. Winona. Oh yeah. Yeah. I guess that's a good one.
1: That's a really good one. If you yeah. ever want to do a bonus episode on that, let us know. We'll do one. With yeah,
0: I could definitely because Reality Bites was about this time as well. Oof. I have some sweet affection. I Tire riding. Really. T- I mean, I, look. There's a scene in that film that makes me horny, baby. Oh <laughs> um, yeah. I don't yes, want to get anything into with it, Steve's on.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That guy gets me horny, baby. <laughs> Uh, thanks so much Will you I'm just going to plug One last you. thing All Before right.
1: we close up On November 25th It's the final Greenlights Comedy Nights Of the year It's the stand up showcase I've been running For a few years now We've got Zoe Coombs Ma headlining She just won the Barry Award which Sorry is the... the Shlummy Award yeah, no, sorry. she we... won
0: the Last Barry Award Yeah the last Barry <laughs> last Award Last ever Barry Award <laughs> Which is the
1: highest Honour in Australian yeah. comedy So come hang out It's November 25th At the Gaelic Club In Surrey Hills And it's only five bucks We'll see you then And Horny Babies Stay psychedelic
2: It's my check it's my check the podcast that my Mike-